tell me if you can relate to this. When I was younger and in college, I remember seeing this girl who really just caught my eye with the way she carried herself and dressed and all those usual things. And I'd see her in different places around the campus, but our paths never really crossed, meaning that I never had like a good reason to go interact with her or talk with her. And as time went on, I was more than a bit frustrated that I didn't know how to get her to notice me. And then the school semester ended and I never saw her again. And that moment has stayed with me over the years that something there was lost because I didn't act. And because she was not even aware of me, I lost the possibilities of what maybe could have been. So we could have been friends, dated, you know, all that kind of stuff, but just losing those possibilities. And I also think there was the opportunity there to maybe grow as a person, but I didn't do anything, lost the opportunity. But the good thing was that I knew that I didn't want this to happen again. That was sort of my learning experience. And it was something that I needed to work on. Hello, and welcome to Ethical Seduction, where we help to make flirting easier so you can connect deeper. As sex-positive educators and volunteers serving our national community, we would meet people who felt stuck frustrated and lonely because they didn't know how to connect with others and it bothered us seeing people just give up because it took too much effort or worse because they felt there was something wrong with them. So ethical seduction was started to try and change perception of what flirting and seduction are and how they can be used to benefit everyone. So I'm your host Stephen and joining me today are my fellow kinky, fun, sex relationship educators. We have Brandy. Hi. And we have Ava. Hello, friends. So in this episode, we're going to cover multiple things that you can do to help attract other people so that they approach you. So before any conversations even begin, we want those around you to be aware and to notice you, to feel curious and to want to know more. And that this way you can have the options and the opportunities and choices and attract the people that you find interesting. As I, as I often do, so I, I sat down and, you know, trying to get this episode pulled together, I did a little bit of internet research, which is always interesting and to kind of compare like what I find there with kind of what is in my own head. And so I, you know, look, looked up on Google and I found an article that was like, you know, how to look more approachable. And it's from Arlen Kunick. And this is with uh, verywell.com. And I'll put a link for this article in the show notes. Okay. And they had, they had some examples of things that you should do to make yourself more approachable. Before I go into this, what do you all think is in here? What, what kind of things would you say like, oh, if I do this, it's going to make me, you know, attract that person, make them notice me. Open body language. So if you were the opposite being like, if you were standing there with your arms crossed, you're not going to look as approachable and it's going to be a more closed off posture. So people Mm -hmm. might not approach you as much. Mm -hmm. I think that is one of these. I'm thinking of the very generic statement of be confident. That never really seems to be super useful for anybody, myself included. It's not because it doesn't tell you how to do that. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah. Right. I, I, I do think confidence works if you have it, but you can't just, I mean, I don't even know if fake it till you make it works. I think a lot of times that could be sort of seen through. 
I wouldn't be surprised if that was the advice that was in there. The whole like fake it till you make it approach. I hear that a lot. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it was in the research you found. The issue with fake it till you make it, um, and I've experienced this with people, and then I've even tried it myself in the past, is then you come off as almost too confident because you're trying to oversell it, and and it's it's not perceived correctly. So yes, I mean, there's a certain degree that might be okay, but it's a fine line between fake it till you make it versus now you just look like you're overdoing it. Yeah, I feel like the inauthenticity is going to come through in one way or another when you're taking the fake it till you make it approach. Yeah, And I just, I don't know, it's not something that I've ever felt strongly about doing myself. I've never said, yes, this is the way to get what you want. But I feel like that advice keeps coming up every time I turn around. And I just think Mm -hmm. that's never worked out for me before. That's, that's never, that's never been useful. I think the hope is if you, when using the fake it till you make it that along the way that you'll, you'll actually develop the confidence naturally. So the goal is that you're trying to portray what you, your future self wants to be and hopefully you'll get there. Um, And I get it, but it's just hard to do. And and I think too, it's like the fake it till you make it is what's actually going on is if you're pretending that way, that like sometimes we have negative self-talk, right? And that stuff is not true. We're really hard on ourselves. So if you like sort of fake it till you make it, it's a little bit of maybe getting over that hump of like not paying attention to it. And that then, like you're saying, Brandy, if you're successful a couple of times, then that that ne- negative self-talk maybe fades away or lessens. Mm-hmm. But it's it's, Ava, I agree with you. I just think like, that's not very good advice. It doesn't tell you enough, I guess. Okay. So, so let me read this. Okay. So, uh, from verywell.com, how to look more approachable. These are all good things to kind of keep in mind, but I also wanted to go deeper. Okay. So it was like smile, which is a great one, you know, and these are all true, you know, smiling, that makes a difference. Uh, and it's just like, Brandy, you're saying like open body language. If you're not smiling, if you're frowning or like, like that's going to turn people off. So just having that being approachable, smiling, that, that works well. And then say, be accessible. That's yeah. Avoid blocks, which that means like the, the blocking body language, I think, you know, things like holding the drink in front of you or other stuff like that, you know, keeping your head up, using eye contact, angling towards them, avoiding nervous habits. I'm going to stop there. Okay. Mm-hmm. These are all very good, but I also, as reading through it on, through Google doing a search, I'm like, this is not really what I wanted, you know? And I kept thinking like, what? okay. So I, what hit me though, and what kind of dawned on me that I really wanted to kind of cover, I think on, on today's show was that in my mind, there are two core principles that when it comes down to flirting, you know, that the relationships that you're kind of doing are based on trust and attraction. So you have to be able to trust the other person, you know, and, and feel connected to them and have that kind of bond that they're going to be a safe person and do what they say, that sort of thing. And then there's the attraction, which you don't exactly get to control. You know, it's more something like you feel that, are you attracted to this other person? And I really think most relationships kind of come down to those key, those two key factors. I'm not going to say those are the only two, but in my mind, they're kind of the, the two important ones. And, and so like smiling and doing these other things, I thought like, well, none of that is really hitting the, the trust and the attraction part. And so I kind of, that's what I wanted to focus on. I think that if you can demonstrate 
trust and that you are attractive, then that other person can see you and they will pick up on you. Okay. And so that's the kind of thing where I'm like, that's what we need to, that's what we need to talk about. That's something that is usable in, in my mind. Mm -hmm. Yes, Ava. I feel like a lot of hmm, multiple thoughts. Um, a lot of the behaviors that you had listed just now are things that are designed to make someone feel that you are a more trustworthy person. Like, oh, they are friendly. They are mm-hmm. warm mannered. They are someone that I feel like I can trust because my spidey senses are not going off that they are like acting weird by not smiling and just staring or whatever. Right. So I feel like Mm -hmm. it does connect to that a little bit in that, like these behaviors are meant to put people at ease to start building some of that initial trust before you've even, even interacted. Right. Mm -hmm. But the flip side of that is that some of these make me feel really squeamish of like, don't tell me to smile. Don't tell me to stop doing my nervous habits because that's just me and that's me being authentic also, right? So there's a little voice in my head right now that's like, don't don't tell me to, to put up these behaviors that I may not have in my day-to-day life and set expectations for someone that I am someone that I'm not. Can we make, let's, let me deal with one nervous behavior that I think a lot of people do that I think is easily um, something they can modify. Um, like, because it's not a true internal personal behavior, but, but well, what I'm getting at is if you're in a room and you feel uncomfortable, a large majority of people that I'm around will go to their phone. Like people are talking, but no one's talking to you. And like, you feel uncomfortable and you're just kind of there. And so you start on your phone. Well, you've already kind of closed yourself off to other people coming up and speaking to you because you look occupied. People might not want to interrupt. You've kind of disconnected yourself from the the possibilities of the situation. And so while that might be a coping mechanism for some people or a fidgeting, nervous behavior, it is one that you can try to limit while still, you know, being your authentic self, does it's an external behavior? Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Okay. Absolutely fair. Well, talking about trust, well, I, let's talk about trust first. Um, I found a quote that I liked, and this is by Sue Bloom from uh, Secret Survivors, and she says, "In healthy development, trust evolves. How how." How do we decide whether to trust? We share a feeling with someone and we watch the reaction. And if the res- response feels safe, and if it's caring, non-critical, non-abusive, the first step of trust has been developed. For trust to grow, this positive response must become part of a relatively relative, reliable pattern. Trust develops with consistency over time. And I thought that was just a really good summary oh, for that's it. That's perfect. Yeah. So then how, question for you all, okay, if you're trying to establish trust, right? So, you know, we're not getting into conversations with this other person yet, right? This is like they're across the room or something like that. So how can you sort of attract them over? How can you demonstrate trust and those kind of things? And I'm going to say it this way, is like in the sense of like a safe environment, what are some things that maybe you all do personally to help show a, that, that that you're a safe person, that this is a safe environment, that you are approachable? I think the consistency piece speaks to me a lot. Like if I am um, 
in a space like say our community center, right? And I haven't interacted with somebody before, but I keep seeing them across the room talking with other people and I keep making eye contact with them and say, I immediately look away every single time or just turn around and just stony face, like don't react. That's going to send a message consistently of this person isn't interested in interacting with me, right? But if you respond to making eye contact with that smile or the wave or, you know, any, any kind of warm response without actually having to walk up and start a conversation with them, if you're doing that consistently, that's going to send the message of, oh, this person would be safe to talk to. This person is open to having a conversation with me. This is a friendly person. And it's funny, you mentioned smiling. I think that probably is one of the best things you can do. Because I think it does kind of show that, hey, I'm relaxed and I like you or I'm, you know, accepting of you and that kind of thing or open to you is maybe a better word. This reminds me of a conversation, Stephen, I think you and I had recently about turning toward someone, right? Um, I think it's a concept that John Gottman designed, but it's the concept of when you're, when you're, they call it bidding. If I, Brandy, if I walk up to you and I say, hey, Brandy, how's it going? I'm, I'm sending you a bid and I'm hoping that you're going to respond back to me, right? And I'm hoping that you will turn toward me and and speak to me warmly and be welcoming and be open to conversation with me. But you could also like turn against me and have like a nasty attitude and clearly be like really irritated with me. Or you can turn away from me and just like literally like ignore me or like turn around and walk away and not interact with me, right? And I think that when we're taught what we're talking about, like these are forms of bids. And you, if you make eye contact with somebody across the room, you can choose to turn toward them, eye contact, small, small smile or a wave or whatever. You can choose to turn away by doing nothing and ignoring the situation and pretending you didn't see them. Or you can glare at them all stony faced and turn against them, right? Like you can choose to react in a warm way and turn toward someone, even if you're not actually having a conversation with them. Yeah, it requires, I think, uh, both people for it to be ultimately successful. Like you can, like you just said, I could shut down your friendly, just friendliness if I wanted to, and that's not going to go anywhere. So both people have to be open and approachable, like Stephen was saying. So let's talk some about other ways to be, to make it kind of create a safe environment. Um, because I think that's the main takeaway here that we're trying to do is like, nobody's going to come up and approach you unless you can create that safe environment. So different ways to do that. What, one was on like physical safety. Now, the first thing that comes to my mind when we're talking about like physical safety is as a, as a guy. Okay. Um, I was not always aware of the things that women have to deal with, you know, like predator type stuff and all that. Okay. And then once I kind of learned about it when I was younger, then you suddenly get it and you're like, Oh, don't, don't sneak up on somebody. You know, even if you think it's funny, you like, just don't go do that. So those kind of like body positionings of, of the environment that you're doing, you know, and are, are you sort of like open and welcoming in the, in your body positions and the, the physical aspect or are you not? So if you're trying to be approachable, I think being aware of that, that, you know, how am I fit? Am I creating a physically safe environment? I think that that is important. And so that might be what comes to my mind is like the way you're sitting, you know, and are you trapping somebody in? 
you know, or you approaching them or something like that to where they're not necessarily fit, maybe feeling totally comfortable. My thought is just to kind of be aware of that and know that that can be an issue. And then you'll probably adjust for it pretty naturally just knowing it. But what what are you all's? I think both of you as women probably deal with that a little differently than say I do. So what comes to your mind? Do you have good or bad experiences? I mean, I think we probably both have negative experiences. Um, Mostly been when I felt like there was an invasion of my space, whether I felt like they were just too close and like a natural distance that I I was communicate with someone else. Um, And I I found that kind of threatening and alarming and just suffocating, um, which I I think that's an ugly word, but that's how you how I felt. And that was without them even um, physically touching me. It's just them being so close, knowing that they kind of could at any moment, I guess, um, was uncomfortable. Is it putting pressure on you? It. It doesn't put pressure on me. It just makes me hyper aware of that situation. And when I'm hyper aware of that, then it it diminishes my attention towards what could be like a real connection. Um, It's it's just it it supersedes anything else going on to a certain extent. I think suffocating is a really good word for it, first of all. I would say that I have felt pressure at times in situations where I feel like I am um, kind of cornered, like you mentioned earlier, Stephen. I I've definitely felt cornered before, um, and then when I get out of that situation, every single time that I see that person afterward, the moment that I know that I might run into them, I'm I'm on edge. I'm like, okay, make sure we keep this person at arm's length, right? Stephen, you coming from um, a male perspective, have you ever had that happen? What we're describing in terms of the just too close for comfortable proximity or no? You know, I I have probably not in a flirting sense. Okay. But I have had people approach me basically where they, they want something, you know, whether it is, I don't know, they just, whatever, they want something. Right. And so therefore you're feeling pressured by them, you know, the positioning or recently what comes to mind is uh, I was at the park with my kids and it was for a school thing and we had a religious group come up and they would not leave us alone, you know? And, and that, that is the pressure. I mean, it's an open park, right? So you think like, Oh, you can go anywhere you want, but there was like three of them and you're kind of getting surrounded and they really wanted to talk to us. So they really didn't want us to go leave. And that was not, that's not cool. You know, so different situation there, but I think in essence, the same thing is going on where the, you know, the positioning of your body is blocking space or it's invading space. And it's not um, giving the person on the receiving end the option to opt out very easily. Um, And I think that's the part that feels suffocating. It's harder to opt out of that interaction in a polite way, right? I had a job once with a boss that loved to, he had this terrible habit of talking like he was really angry when he wasn't. So he'd be like borderline shouting and speaking very aggressively. and, And he'd do it as a joke. Like he thought it was funny. 
and it would put me on edge every single time. He wasn't even interacting with me. I could hear him in, in the next room over, but it sounded like he was pissed off and like getting angry with somebody and it would put me on edge every single time. So I think tone and language is also something to keep in mind. Like people don't like being snuck, snuck up on. People don't like being pinned in a corner in a room or not having room to opt out of a situation. And, and people respond to your tone of voice also, even if it's just a joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think in, in this particular case, we're trying to attract somebody, right? So we're, I don't want to say being passive, but we're trying to like, hey, we see that person over there. We like them. How do they get to notice us? I think we have to try to make the environment safe for them to approach us. There could be a situation of like, not that I'm going to be blocking that person, but it's like you have to keep it things open and spacious to where they can easily kind of come over and approach you and not feel like they're blocking you in, you know, those kind of things. And so if you're just, again, aware that, okay, we want to have a safe environment, the physical aspects are one of the things that kind of play into that. Another one that I'm interested in what you all think about this is like mental and emotional safety. So. Does anything come to mind when I start talking about that? I have a thought, but I want to hear what you all think first. Like, how do you attract somebody, but you're trying to create a mentally and emotional state? So you're not talking to them yet, but how do you present that? So I just want to give a little, uh, like a tip, I guess, um, revisiting what we just kind of concluded. So apologies for reopening that back up. Um, But one really safe, non-threatening way you can... And, and I've done this before. It's like if you've made eye contact with someone like across the room or whatever, and you're in a big social situation, when you like walk past them because you're going to go to the bathroom or something, you can just make eye contact and say, hey, or something. And then it gets keep moving like you've it's very non-threatening. It, you've you made that direct contact. Um, they can take it or leave it. Um and, and so it's, it's just a really nice way of kind of elevating your connection um, and then that being it and then just going from there. I don't know. It's worked pretty well in the past. Just saying hey. Well, and saying hey like that does get you noticed, mm-hmm. but then you're not like, you're not pressuring the person to talk to them or anything like that, right? So it's kind of like, hey, and then you're gone, not as a takeaway, mm-hmm. but you're just gone of like, hey, no pressure, yeah. you know, but just just saying, hey. Yeah, just hey. Yeah. It's like the most assertive way to say I'm approachable without legit just saying I'm approachable. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, when it comes to like mental and emotional safety, the first thought that comes to my mind is, do I hear this person talking negatively all the time? Are they always like emotionally dumping on their friends that they're talking to across the room? Or are they always talking trash about stuff? Like, do they just, is there a negative headspace that they seem to always be in? Are they always complaining about something? Um, that's what comes to my mind first, Stephen, when you talk about like mental and emotional safety. Like if I'm going to choose to interact with this person, is it going to pull me down? Is it going to take a lot of effort? Yeah. And as a more extreme example, if somebody's angry, you're not going to go approach them, right? Yeah. So you being kind of comfortable and you know, I'm going to say like mentally stable, emotionally stable. Again, we're, we're comfortable around, you know, quote, stable people and stable situations. So if you can kind of be that way, then again, that I think makes it easier for somebody to kind of walk up and, and, and talk to. Yes, you should be real, you know, but mm-hmm. I think 
being, being comfortable and not putting pressure on people, you know, having your friends around and having a good interaction that way, I think that gets noticed, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Other adjustments that I think that we could do to kind of help keep people feeling safe. Um, one of the big ones I think is dressing safely. Should I wear my leather jacket and my chains or should I put on something that is a little bit easier and not quite so fucking scary? And then this gets into, is the leather and chains cool, you know, and attractive and that kind of thing? Or is it like, what is the message you're trying to send? But I think people dress all the time. But again, what comes to my mind is like the tough guy. The tough guy is not dressing in a way that says like, Hey, come on up here and talk to me. I'm a, I'm a friendly, easy person. So the, the, the way you dress matters with the message that's being sent. I feel like for me, that's a little bit triggering because it just brings up the, the situation of females. And if you wear something too tight or too short or too low cut, the message you're giving And so that is just my history of trying. I'm like, no, if I want to show off my cleavage one day, that's for me. That is not for you. That's I'm enjoying my cleavage that day. So I I understand where you're coming from. And that if you give off a perception of, of, let's say, being really like rigid and like a tailored business suit, that's going to give off a different energy um, in general than say someone that's wearing leather and chains. Um, mm-hmm. That is just like a, a, a biasness that your mind will probably automatically make. And you, some people can identify it and kind of deconstruct it and figure that out. But it does have to be acknowledged. But it is, that's a tough one for me to kind of. I think unconscious bias is actually a really important thing to bring out of this conversation too, right? Because yeah, we should be able to be authentic and dress the way that we want to and match our personalities. And we should bring that that authenticity to the table. And also at the same time, what you choose to wear, people are going to make, you know, snap in the moment judgment decisions about who you are as a person without even consciously thinking about it, right? So the whole example of like leather and chains or the really expensive looking tailored business suit, like people are going to register those things as, oh, intimidated, not approachable. And they'll be less likely to approach someone in that situation unless that's specifically the type of personality that they're like seeking out, right? Nor That doesn't really feel approachable simply because your unconscious bias is going to register things like that generally as intimidating or powerful or, you know, at the end of the day, not approachable, not something that I'm going to be draw actively drawn to. And I also want to acknowledge, I'm, I don't want people that are listening to this to think that we're telling them to dress a different way than what their authentic self is. What I think we're saying is to acknowledge um, other people's reactions to that and just be aware of it. Just be, yeah, aware, just be aware of, yep, that's it. Yeah. Now, Brandy, I want to make mm-hmm. sure I understand. You had said like, if you wear, say, a really short dress, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm going to phrase it this way. If you wear something that looks a little slutty, that kind of thing, okay, that might be, make that might make you more approachable. You know, like, oh, look at her. Like, she's she's easy. Let's go talk with her, right? So mm-hmm. then if somebody's 
but I think the issue that might not be bad, right? That might be like you can wear this and it might be, you know, quote, safe and make you approachable. I think what you're saying though too is like, don't be a dick and don't go up and just assume because somebody's dressed a certain way that that implies that they're going to be, you know, whatever, slutty or whatever like that. Right. And so I don't, those might be separate. I, they're related. Okay. They're definitely related. How we dress matters. Right. And in some ways we might not be meaning to like push people away with our leather and chains. The, the way you dress should also be the way that you feel good. Mm-hmm. And if you do it authentically, I think you really do kind of tend to pull it off. You know, I think sometimes it's when we're dressing that's in a, in authentic way, that's different that we feel a little kind of out of our zone and something odd kind of shows. But right. I think you should be able to wear that dress that you want, that short dress. And I should not be a dick about how I treat you, I think is the message we want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't make assumptions. Uh, the other thing I want to mention really fast is if you're, you know, not the way you're groomed and things like that, if you're a little bit more on unkempt and like just, you know, not taking as great of care of yourself. Like that's, that's perception that other people can kind of pick up on. Right. So if you want to be approachable, if you look more kept, I think that often is more approachable than somebody who's like not, you know? So that's, again, it's a visual clue. Ava, say your thing. Ava's going to say, because she never wears makeup and she always has her hair up in a bun and she never gets done up. I get, I know, but Go ahead. Um, actually, what uh-huh. I was thinking is this feels contradictory to some lessons that you have bestowed upon us in the past, Stephen, which is um, that you don't want to come off as too perfect and that it's okay to make mistakes and, and show people that and, and own it because it makes you more relatable and more relatable could also feel uh, potentially more approachable. Um not saying you're 100% wrong, but I'm also not saying you're 100% right. Yeah. I think there has to be a balance. Like if I come into a room of people I don't know and I'm disheveled, um, and in addition to that, um, really um, not meeting the energy in the room, I'm obnoxious and I'm laughing really loud and just trying to oversell it. And then I'm awkwardly fidgeting with something. Like it, it's a combination of things I think that can make you unapproachable or or deemed that you might not be trustworthy versus one thing, right? I can, if you come into the room unkept and you have like a really cool energy and you're in, then I'm not going to read that as necessarily negative. I'm going to read that as they're comfortable with themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like the cumulative effect. I think it is. I think a lot is the way you carry yourself. So I, a- Ava, we, you made me think of something. I remember hearing a long time ago um, a story about this woman and she was apparently like really attractive in the sense that she would get hit on all the time by people and it was a pain in the ass. And we're talking like 10 times a day, right? And she was, she hated it. You know, she's like, how do I stop this? And the thing was, she was not like the most attractive woman. She was not the ugliest woman. She was this kind of like right balance in between and other things like that to where she just had like the the signals were being put out there, right? And she was being approached like crazy. And she was having a hard time. Like, how do I, how do I stop this? You know, because it was, I don't want to say it's harassment, but it was not what she wanted. And so, but the interesting thing in that, 
story there was like, she was not like the best looking person. She was not perfect. You know, somebody like that might be more intimidating or something, but she happened to be in this right zone where she was very comfortable and easy to kind of approach and stuff. So the last thing then on the trust section that I want to talk about is like some unattractive traits just to maybe kind of keep these in the back of your mind. So these are things that can be hard for others to maybe hear, be around. It can, it can up the level of maybe stress or tension. So there's not, there's nothing exactly wrong with them. Just be aware that these can be harder on other people to, to hear. The big one that I come across is criticizing. And I will say for my own self, my own experience, I used to criticize like crazy and I was not aware of it. And so um, it was the Win Friends and Influence book by Dale Carnegie. And chapter three was on like, try not to criticize people. And I read through that and I was like, yeah, I could get better at that. And so I worked at it and it took me a couple weeks. But as I did it, I kind of recognized how much I accidentally criticized people. And I never realized that it was like a criticism, but it made a huge difference. Can you give an example? Um, I just remember talking to people and all of a sudden I would, I could see their body kind of tense up, you know, and I realized like, oh, I just said something that was a little bit judgmental, you know, or critical mm. or whatever like that. And I remember thinking like, what, you know, why, why did they just have that reaction? And then as I thought about the thing that I had just said, I realized like, oh, that was, a, you know, rose of criticism. It could just be, it could be anything. It could be like, well, you know, that's really cool, but you know why I'm a little bit better than you or you know, my favorite thing about guys is like giving directions and can they give directions that are like one minute faster than the other person's directions, you know, and it can just, just to be like, well, let me tell you, I had the faster way. Like in some ways that is like a criticism, right? It's a little bit of a slam of like, you're not as good as me. Let me tell you why I'm better than you. And that kind of, you're like, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just giving you directions. I'm actually making your life better by telling you the fastest way to get there. But it doesn't work that way. You know, you actually did like stab that person a little bit just to say like, I am better than you because I could get there one minute faster. So there's criticisms are one of those things that can like sneak in. Criticisms also go along with like being judgmental. They're kind, they're often, they're very similar and, and linked. And it's just not, it's not a, a kind of cool, fun thing to be around when somebody's constantly in some ways, maybe putting you down, mm-hmm. you know, constructive criticism is a version. It can be done better. You know, it can be done where I'm on the same team as you. I'm not tearing you down again, presenting it as that safe environment. We're working together on this is very different than like, Hey, I'm just giving you constructive criticism. Let me tell you what's wrong with you. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not actually good. Mm-hmm. Being creepy is another one, and we have talked about that in past episodes. I don't want to go into it too much, but I think in the past, a lot of the way I think of what does being creepy mean, like try not to be creepy, a lot of times that means try not to scare the other person. So if you're doing things that are making them feel uncomfortable, I think that's the kind of stuff that often is kind of picked up on and the verbiage that we all tend to use is like, that person's made me feel, you know, they're a little bit creepy the way they kind of were around. Mm -hmm. And the fourth one I'm just going to add is acting intimidating. You know, that, that does happen. That could be in, like we were talking earlier about body positioning, cornering somebody, 
um, any kind of accidental pressure that you're maybe not consciously aware of, but you're putting on people like that kind of stuff will like Ava, you said, once you feel that thing that, Oh, this person kind of had me cornered. It's so you can't drop that. You know, they can then Mm -hmm. talk, you know, that could, that, that moment can end and they can be there and have regular conversations with you, but it's like, it's tainted. You know, so the intimidation thing is something to really kind of watch. So criticizing, being judgmental, being creepy or, you know, a little bit scary or intimidation. Those are the things that are just going to tank you. So just be, be careful with those. You know, nobody's perfect. If you make a mistake, you do something like, don't worry about it. Just try not to do that stuff. And, you know, it's like, that's part of like being kind to people. If you can not do those things. I want to give a, it's probably a really dumb example, but this happens and it, it's what come to mind. Um, of something kind of not to do or how it can be perceived negatively or turn negative. So let's say Stephen, you and I are walking out of, of the mark and you're like, Hey, let me get the door for you. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Thank you. And then you're like, no, let me get the door for you. And I'm like, no, really? I'm good. Thank you. And it becomes like this awkward, like first I understand you're trying to do something nice. You also didn't accept my response. And then you're trying to kind of push the, the situation even though like your intention is probably to be nice, but I'm just like, and it, it creates Ava, how am I describing this? Like, well, you know what I mean? How like you're being nice, but then you're not respecting what I said. And it's just never works out positively. Yeah. I'm never like, Mm -hmm. gosh, thank you so much for ignoring my two. Yeah. Now I'm expected now I'm expected to conform to you and the type of relationship that you are expecting us to have, even if it's just friends or whatever level it is. And now I am expected you, to you. always let you, you open the door, the door for me. For me. Yeah. 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 And now I'm indebted to you for this thing that I didn't even want. Help should be offered, not forced. You should never assume that anybody wants your help. I don't feel mm-hmm. passionately about this topic at all. Uh, no. Help should always be offered. <laughs> it should never be assumed that somebody wants your help. If they say no, trust them, take them at their word. Yeah. Don't Please. think that they're Thank just you. wanting you Can't to ask again or you're, yeah, just obviously we've been triggered. Just that. take me at my word. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. Let's talk about creating attraction. So this is a fun one in my mind, okay? And this is the kind of thing we, that, you know, you hey, you're trying, this person's across the room and how do you get them to see you? And it is one of those things that people go, I don't know how to do that. And I think we're going to talk about this and it's not going to be as hard as what people very often think. So um, do you all have things that you know you do if you're trying to get that person's attention across the hall or not not even get their attention? If you want them to sort of notice you, is there anything you all do? I got nothing. I am the reactive flirt. I'm so terrible at this because I'm so reactive. Like, yeah. Well, uh, you might not, Ava. You might not really do a whole lot. You might. Ju- I think you are pretty comfortable. About it. You're like, I'm just going to be me. I'm over here. If somebody comes over, awesome. But like, I'm not going to go out of my way to try to like whatever woo them over here. Yeah. Are we tr- are we trying to give examples of wooing someone over there? I'm just asking if you all wondering. do anything and are conscious. It's a trick of question. It. It's a trick question, Brandy. That's what it is. Oh. So look, one of the things that we talked about, though, that is attractive is safety. 
you know, so all these like safety things that you're doing, like, you know, in some ways I realized like, well, that is attractive. You know, having that safe environment means, oh, I can go over there now and go talk to you. That is one of the things that is going to be attractive and make you stand out, say, against, you know, other people potentially that are maybe are not doing that. So just being sort of safe and comfortable and building that trust, trust is attractive. It really is. So mm-hmm. don't don't discount it. And I think that's something we often we, we don't think of that as like that's an attractive trait, you know, but it really is safety and trust and comfort are huge attractive traits. So another one though that comes to my mind, and this is maybe just the way I tend to think about things, and maybe it's from I don't know, thinking about this stuff for years is displaying value. And that sounds very mathematical and I don't even know nerd like to say that. Okay. But, but it's like, what are things that we do that are, are valuable? Okay. So what, so when I, when I say display value, what does that mean to you all in your heads? Uh, The first word that comes to my mind when you say that is, Vain. Mm. Vain. Vain. Okay. I'm going to put myself on display for you. <laughs> that's, well, I'm just thinking to myself, that's interesting. I don't know that that's, that, that's maybe not what I was thinking. It's fair. But when, but when you say display value, I'm like, okay, what, it, what are my, what is my value? What are the things that make me valuable? Let's yes. put those things on display. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So in some ways, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so Ava, what are the things that make you valuable? Do you have anything? I have lots of things, but I don't feel like I should have to perform, I guess, is what I'm saying. No, you're not. I don't want you to perform. This is not about but, performing. But, but right? I am putting myself on display. Uh, but display means instead of like walking up and telling somebody the way I'm using display, right. Is that if you've got certain things, so let me give an example. Okay. So like the clothing and the dress and putting yourself together. Okay. We talked about that earlier in some ways that is displaying a certain value. Okay. Hey, I have the ability to take care of myself, to pull some clothes on. I don't have to be the best fashion person or whatever, you know, but it's like, I can like, dress myself, put myself together, um, comb my hair, although I don't comb my hair, uh, you know, and, and, and come out here. Okay. And so there's a certain amount of effort and energy that has to go into that just to kind of like make that happen. Right. So doing that, the, the, the contrast is the person maybe who is not as well groomed you know, Mm -hmm. just has a harder time with it or doesn't care. Okay. So showing that you do care and that you're able to do this thing that matters. And I think that is one reason why very often when we do go out, we do try to put forth some effort, you know, it's like, you can say, Oh, that I do that for myself, but we also do it for other people because like it does, it does matter. The next one that I had written down was like letting others see you caring for those around you. So what do you have to give them? So if you're caring for other people, if you're giving to them, that is probably the biggest one, you know, and that is an attractive trait to see, to, to do those things for others. And so as if you're off in the, cor- if, you know, I'm in the corner and I'm interacting with the two of you and we're, I don't know, whatever, I'm opening the door for Brandy, being courteous or things mm-hmm. like that. Okay. That can be seen by somebody else. And it's like, yeah, that makes an impression, you know, mm-hmm. of that's something that you're doing to care for other people that 
des- helps describe you. There's no words involved, but your actions that you're doing show up. And Ava, the way, the way I think of that is like you're, you are giving gifts to people. That's the way I tend to think of it. Yeah. Moving on. Related to that, I think also if you're having fun and enjoying yourself. So again, if the three of us are talking, you know, and ha 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 and just having a really good time, that is also demonstrating or what, what was the word? Displaying value. You're displaying that like, hey, you know, I am a fun easygoing person. Other people enjoy being around me. We have a good time. If, you know, if you come over and approach me, you're going to have a good time too. That, so again, just having the moment with say your friends and the people that you're there with, that others are going to see that, you know, from a distance, I'm going to say. And so you don't necessarily have to go do anything if you are really kind of yourself and you're hanging out with people and you're like enjoying them for who they are that's going to get noticed, I think, by other people. It's going to get picked up. And you're not really, you're not trying to get out there and do anything in a like tacky kind of way. You're literally like being yourself, having a good time, enjoying those around you. That's all super attractive. And, and it's being interesting. You know, I think, again, doing those kind of interactions makes you interesting. And it also shows that you're interested in, in the people you're with. Some other things to to mention to make yourself attractive, okay, is inspiring curiosity. So if you want to think about like clothing again is a good one, okay, the way you dress sort of tells a little bit of a story or something like that about you. So it could be like, you know, are you the way you're dressed? Is it, you know, fun traditional or is it maybe a little bit of like dark and you've got some depth to your character or is it something that's like fun and dangerous? So if things that you can do that just kind of inspire curiosity in the other person that again can attract them to where they like they notice things and want to come over and talk to you or say something um shyness though i have noticed shyness it can attract me if i see somebody who is you know slightly awkward not totally comfortable a little bit shy, I realize like I sometimes will go over and like talk to people like that just to kind of help, not necessarily to help them, but it is to kind of help them. But it's, you know, shyness can be a very approachable kind of trait to have. And that is one of the things that we very often think of as, we don't think of that as like an attractive trait, I don't think. And and realizing myself of like, no, if I see somebody like that, a lot of times that does make me want to go over and just say hi, you know, and have a conversation with them. So, you know, those traits that I think are kind of our regular selves that we often badmouth and think of as like, oh, this is a flaw with me. A lot of times that can make you approachable. I think what you're... you're the driving force behind the, if someone's shy and they look a little uncomfortable and you want to go over is because you want them to be comfortable. If you see someone physically uncomfortable and you're like, Hey, maybe I can just talk to them. No one's talking to them or or they seem like they, they don't feel comfortable approaching someone. Maybe if I just go and say, Hey, that's all they need to branch out a little bit more. Um, I do the same thing at our local kink club. You know, if there's someone that just seems um, unsure in the space or something, then yeah, I'm going to go up and just say hi and introduce myself and ask if they have any questions, you know, just to let them know someone's there that they can uh, maybe talk to later if they want to, but in a very non-threatening way. 
Mm-hmm. That's such a slippery slope, though, because you have to pay mm-hmm. attention to if they're uncomfortable because you keep making eye contact with them, then maybe you actually need to back down, right? Yes. So I think it's just very important to read the room. Fair. Uh, another one being inspirational. So if you see somebody who is inspirational, that's going to probably attract you. So it's like, how can you be inspirational to others? Okay. Without actually physically going up and talking to them. So what came to my mind here is like when say the three of us are interacting, when you're caring for your friends and the way you're visualized interacting with other people, you know, people see that stuff. Okay. So you're building kind of a little mini reputation for yourself, I guess. And so that reputation again of safety and, you know, taking care of others, that's that kind of stuff does get noticed and people, you know, that that's going to, you're not even aware half the time. I think that you're baby being watched and, and you mm. very often are. Okay. Um, something else that came to my mind is like, I wear t-shirts all the times that like say stuff. And I realized like, well, sometimes the ones that I pick out, I like, you know, for whether it's like teaching, I have a, you know, a BDSM shirt that's got all these different words and vocabulary things. And I wear that a lot of times if we're doing like, the, the welcome orientation and things. And that I do that on purpose because I want people to sort of know like, yeah, like we're sex positive and we're cool with all these different things, you know, and that's going to help put them at ease. And, and some of them are like, you know, um, interesting fetishes and stuff like that. Right. So somebody can see that. And I'm going to put that in that inspirational category that, you know, just the, the way you, you know, I'm not talking to anybody because the way I'm dressed, it makes it, safe, but also, you know, like, okay, cool. This person's interesting. They've got all these kind of cool things on their shirt. Um, the same thing with like my human, we're all human, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of inclusivity type t-shirt, you know? So those are just some things that kind of came to my mind. So, yeah. So I'm real fast summary on the creating attraction. I think you want to be safe. That's the biggest thing for the trust and displaying value. There are different ways to display value. I would agree. Ava, I know you're going to be like, you've got to make sure you do it in an authentic way. And I would agree. That's the best way to do it. You can, like we were talking early on, you could fake it till you make it, but I think you're really better off to like be yourself and just make sure who, like, who are you, you know, be a good person and take care of others. And that's going to get noticed by, by people. Even when you're not aware people are watching you, they're going to kind of see that stuff and it's going to leave an impression with them. They're not going to think, oh, I'm attracted to this person. They're just going to think, oh, that person's really nice and, you know, and, and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll come talk to you. And then curiosity and inspiration, those are some great things. If you can like do something to the way you dress or your character that you're sort of, you know, the things that make you feel good, those often will be attractive to others. I think my big takeaway from this is like we've listed a lot of different things that folks can try or can do to make themselves more attractive to others or more uh, seem more trusting. Um, but I think it's okay if you, you don't have all of these things, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay if you don't have the big fancy car. It's okay if you don't get you put makeup on every day when you go outside. Like I don't do that. Um, it's it's okay if you have a nervous habit that you can't get rid of, right? Like if you're like me, if you're the kind of person that does like really fast toe tapping or knee bouncing kind of a thing, and that's something that you're like, I just don't think that I can turn that off. That's okay. Pick maybe one thing or or two things. Like you don't have to do this entire list, 
work with what you have and, and play to your strengths and take what works for you and you can leave the rest on the table and that's okay. That's great what you just said, because I think that's probably the best thing is like, if you can relax and be yourself and enjoy yourself and whoever else you're maybe with, that's, you're going to do all the stuff, you know, it, when you are relaxed, you're going to come across as confident and, you know, when you are relaxed, you are going to have more of a fun time and things like that. So, yeah, I think sometimes it probably does go back to like the, the negative self-talk that we had talked about, you know, and, and what can we do to kind of put that stuff at ease? Sometimes if you're around someone and you feel comfortable, it's sometimes it's just best to acknowledge it because it diffuses the whole situation. So mm. if I'm sitting there, like I have my own tics and I'm like, is someone seeing me do this? Is this, and I, be, I become obsessed with it much more than it's probably really obvious. But then if someone comes up and I'm thinking that the whole time, or I'm tapping my foot or I'll just be like, yeah, as you can tell, I'm really nervous. So I'm tapping my foot, you know, like you acknowledge <laughs> it, you, and it, it just throws it out there. And then they, that will open up a conversation for them to be like, I'm really nervous too. And this might be what I do when I'm nervous. Like mm-hmm. instead of trying to ignore it is what I'm getting mm-hmm. at. That's all. That way you can be like actually present in the conversation instead of just worrying about it the whole time. Yeah. I like that. If you like today's show, please remember to follow us so that you get our future episodes. We come out with a new episode every two weeks on Mondays. And if you know anybody who that might benefit from some of the things we discussed here, uh, please let them know about the Ethical Seduction Podcast because we are very grassroots and most people really do learn about, about us and about our shows just by word of mouth and feedback from their friends. We also have our website, ethicalseduction.com, a lot of material on there. You can go there and like browse through the podcast blogs. You can probably find some other things that are interesting to you. So that's a resource. And then we're also on social media, Instagram, FetLife, Facebook, those places if you feel like following us. Thank you, everybody. Thanks a lot for joining us. Bye. Bye.